happen before it happens, to lift up our faith and our trust in him, to not look and walk by sight, but to walk by faith and to remind ourselves every day, the things that we see are temporal. The things that we don't see are everlasting and eternal. We should be encouraging ourselves today that God does win. And if he wins, we do. And I want to remind you and encourage you all the time, no matter what you're facing, it is not the end of your story. It's not the end of what is going on in your life. God is saying he is going to end all the torment, all the torture, all the discouragement, the circumstances and the tests and trials, no matter what you are going through, because he says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, he always caused you to triumph in Christ Jesus. So that is what we should be paying attention to every single day and not giving our enemy our attention of all the negative and all the things that are going wrong in the world we are going to say every day that this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So before I get to this uh, today, now I was in prayer uh, for quite a while this morning and I told you the Lord has been giving me either sentences, either phrases or words. So this morning, the word of the day was impossible. So as I was studying that, as I was praying into it, I know at some point today, he will be giving a prophetic word. I could feel a bubble in my spirit. The more I was studying, the more I was seeking him in prayer. And so be prepared for that. There will be a word at some point. I don't know when, because it's all in the timing of God and when he wants it. And I'm going to go with his flow. So again, it's, I know, and he kept saying the word impossible and I knew when he was repeating himself, I needed to study into it, get more scriptures, get the revelation that he had for me to give to you today. So I love it when I spend time with him and he does give these revelations out because they're right in front of our face. All we have to do is seek him and we will receive them. So before I get to this today, if you do have any prayer requests or praise reports, please go to our website at jgminternational.org under our contact page, or you can write us at Julie Green Ministries International, 4620 East 53rd Street, Suite 200, Danport, Iowa, 52807. And I know most of you know, you hear me say this all the time, but we do have a very powerful prayer team here at Julie Green Ministries International, and we are praying for you each and every day. We love you and appreciate you. And we love, keep sending those praise reports in of what God has been doing for you. It encourages us as a team. We read them. We get excited for you. It is just so amazing to see all the miracles, signs, and wonders that God is doing and how he's moving in the world today, despite all the darkness that has been in this world. And also, I am so excited uh, to give this to you today. I was just given uh, a, one of the newest products for Julie Green Ministries merchandise, I was given uh, yesterday that I was told I could give it out to you today and they will be for sale at 10 o'clock uh, central time today at threesunstreads.com. Now I do have something exciting. Everybody who's been waiting for a good morning, everyone cup, they are back in stock today at 10 o'clock central time. And now there is a new cup. It is, but God. 
So we have a but God cup now. So not only is there a good morning, everybody cup that's back in stock, but now we have a but God. So you can go to threesonsthreads.com and there's gonna be new merchandise. I am so excited uh, when I'm able to share those things. I got to see a few of them. So I'm so excited when they come in stock and we can share them with each and every one of you uh, before Christmas, hopefully. So, all right, now um, that is all the announcements, except for if you guys want to uh, go to any of the events we're gonna be a part of, um, next uh, next week is gonna be uh, California, the Reawaken America Tour in Tulare. So if you guys can make it, come and join us at the Reawaken America Tour. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's Friday, December 15th and Saturday, December 16th. And then next month I will be in Grand Ridge, Florida, uh, with brother Timothy Dixon and so many others. So you can check out our website for those details. And I'm just going to give you a heads up. Okay. I'm not going to give you any details right now and I'll probably get in trouble from my team, but, uh, I just want to let you guys know, Julie Green Ministries is actually having our own event. Okay, next year. I'm so excited to be able to give you more information on that. So when I can give you all that information, I'll be sharing it with you. But it's going to be in June, in June of 2024. We are excited to be able to host our own event. So I'm looking forward to when you guys can get out tickets for that. Um, and I will know, I'll let you know as soon as I can let you know that. All right. Now, all right. So the Lord has been dealing with me this morning again about the word impossible. And he has been given that in different prophetic words. But again, when I was in prayer this morning, there was something that just bubbled up on the inside of me about a word that he was going to deal with, with the word impossible. And so as we look at all the things that we are facing today, and I know the enemy loves to throw that word out there. Because that word is meant to discourage so many people. It's meant for you to give up and quit on your victory. It's meant for you to get down and out and hopeless and in despair. That word crosses people's minds in all these different situations and circumstances in their own life. That word impossible. And so I'm telling you, I know that God today is going to whomp on that word and show you who he is. He is the God whom nothing is impossible. That is his name. It is El Shaddai. And we need to get to know more about God and not just that name, God. And when we know who he really is, then we should be able to be just so excited and so full of joy and peace, knowing that we serve a God who nothing is impossible and El Shaddai is his name. You can find that scripture while I'm waiting for the spirit to give me the unction to be able to speak this word. Um, and you can find this in Genesis. The first time he shows himself or he reveals himself as El Shaddai is actually in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. This is when it's talked to, to Abraham and Abraham, of course, you know, Abraham and Sarah were trying to have a baby for so many years. They were old in age, actually, uh, when they conceived, um, Isaac. But before that, when God told Abram 
at the time you were going to, I'm going to name you Abraham, which means the father of many nations. Well, at that time, he wasn't a father at all. And he was, oh, I think he was like in his uh, late seventies or early eighties at that particular point. And he had no children at all. But God said, you are Abraham. You're going to be the father of many nations. So when he changed his name, Abram to Abraham, and then he showed him as much as the sand uh, is in the beach and the stars in the heaven, you are going to have descendants, too many to count. But again, that was impossible because Sarah could not bear a child because she was barren. So Sarah had this genius idea. How about you have a son with Hagar, my handmaiden, and he, he was named Ishmael. But that was not God's plan. That was possible with man. Okay. Ishmael was possible with man. But that is not at all what God was meaning for what Abraham and Sarah were supposed to believe him for. But they got into natural reasoning and saying, you know, we're in our 70s and 80s. There's no way we can have a child. And they just kind of gave up on it. And so they had Ishmael. Now, after they had Ishmael, uh, Hagar and Abraham, God did not talk to Abraham for 13 years. For 13 years, God was silent to Abraham. And this is where we pick up on that in Genesis 17, chapter 1. We are seriously whomping on the word impossible today. I don't want that anymore in your vocabulary and either does God. God does not want you to think about that word, ponder upon that word, believe in that word, get discouraged over that word. Okay. Because if you know the truth then that truth is setting you free. So Genesis chapter 17 and verse one, this is where he enters or he shows and introduces himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. Now he says when Abram, now again, now he's 99 years old. He's almost a hundred years old. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am almighty God. Almighty God means El Shaddai. It's another word for almighty God. It's El Shaddai. And he says, Walk and live habitually before me and be perfected, blameless, wholehearted, and complete. Now, remember, now he changed his name. He changed his name from Abram. At the time, he was 99. His name was Abram. Now he's changing it to Abraham. He says, and I will make my covenant and solemn pledge between me and you. And you will multiply exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Verse four, as for me, behold, my covenant and solemn pledge is with you. You shall be the father of many nations. Now, again, he was disobedient. He had, a, uh, he fathered a child with Hagar, which he was, should not, was not ever supposed to do that. His name was Ishmael. God did not speak to Abraham for 13 years. Now God is coming to him as almighty God or El Shaddai. Now, El Shaddai, when he was speaking to Abraham, he was rebuking Abraham. It was actually a rebuke because he was saying, you are doing this naturally. You are not believing in me, the God who nothing is impossible. You are trying to lean onto your own understanding and figure things out on your own. And that is not at all what Abraham and Sarah were supposed to do. 
They were supposed to lean and trust and rely on God. So we are going through our own situations and circumstances, and it looks like we've been praying, we've been standing for a long time and nothing's happening. And then we start taking things into our own ability or into our own account. And we start trying to take things back into control and to figure things out. And God is saying, don't do that. Because when we do that, when we get Ishmael's and that is not what God wanted, God wanted something that was impossible for man, but was not impossible for him. He wanted to prove to Abraham and Sarah that doesn't matter the law of nature. It doesn't matter what your body or your circumstances are telling you. I am a God and that's not impossible for me to change every single situation and circumstance around. And even something that's in the natural, that's telling you no way, no how, God is saying, I'm the one that is the way. So he didn't want them to lean onto their own understanding in their, and put it into their own hands for their own control. He wanted them to trust him, just like he wants you and I to trust him every single day. And so let's read on. In Genesis chapter 17 and verse 5, again, he was it was a rebuke, it was a correction. He was correcting Abraham. Hey, I am El Shaddai. I am Almighty God. There is nothing impossible for me. And even though you are 99 years old, and even though Sarah was like 90 years old, it doesn't matter. I am changing the law. I am changing the law of nature, which is saying to her, she's too old to bear a child. And God is saying, no, I am changing that. And you are going to have a son and you're going to name him Isaac. Now watch in verse five, nor shall your name any longer be Abram. But he says, high exalted father. So Abram meant high exalted father. He said, but your name shall be Abraham, which is father of a multitude. For I have made you the father of many nations. In verse six, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make many nations of you and kings will come from you. So again, God changes those impossible situations into something impossible. Can you imagine somebody 90 years old today who has been barren all their life, never was able to bear a child, all of a sudden at 90 years old is having a child? Why? That's God. God is showing, even though the laws of nature, even though uh, the body is telling you, you were too old, there's nothing going to happen because even nowadays medicine will tell you that you're, you know, you're 35 or 40 years old, you're advanced age and it's dangerous for you to have a child. And God is saying, Hey, I made somebody at 90 years old, bear a son. And even with Sarah, who never knew a man intimately, she bore Jesus Christ again something that was so impossible in order for us as you know human beings in order for us to have a child there has to be something that happens between a male and a female but with god it didn't matter god was saying i am the god who nothing is impossible and so when we are facing everything in our life that seems to be so impossible god is showing to us who he is that he is el shaddai the same God, almighty God, who showed himself to Abraham all that those years ago, over 4,000 years ago. Then he said, again, I will make you, this is a uh, verse six. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you. Kings will come from you. Verse seven, 
And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you through their generations for an everlasting solemn pledge to be God to you and your prosperity after you. Prosperity after you. Now, again, God is talking about a multitude of people. Again, Sarah and Abraham at that particular time could not have a child. And God was saying, now you are going to bear a son and it's going to be from me because even though it looked impossible for you and Sarah, and even though nature says you cannot happen, it's never going to happen, and there's no chances whatsoever, God is saying, with me, all things are possible. If we read these stories like this, and God is showing himself to us, he's revealing himself of who he is. When all these people are screaming, nothing is going to happen. Things are going to get worse. They're never going to get better. Things are becoming impossible. You can't do this and you can't do that. Our vocabulary should never have impossible and it should never have the words I can't. Don't say the words I can't because God has given you the ability to say I can. Because what? We can do what? How many things? All things through Christ who strengthens us. So even though our natural circumstances are screaming at us, our mind is screaming at us, our body is screaming at us, our governments are screaming at us, our finances are screaming at us, whatever it is in your life that's saying no way, no how, never going to happen, zero chance, impossible, God is saying, look to me. Look to El Shaddai. Call upon El Shaddai, the almighty God. Nothing is impossible. Too many times Christians have not heard these things like this. They have not known that God is just more than that name of God. The enemy has done so uh, much damage into the body of Christ and around the world of keeping God's name from us or who God truly is. So we don't lean on him, rely on him, trust on him and in him when we're facing situations that are utterly impossible for you and I. And I remember listening to this one uh, preacher once. I was, I, I, it just struck me when he said this. But he says that God shows up. So if you're facing an impossible situation today, God shows up in the impossible. If you are facing a situation today, it's impossible. God shows up in the impossible because God is almighty God. God is El Shaddai. And just like he showed Sarah and Abraham, obviously, as we know, as he was correcting Abraham, remember Abraham is supposed to be the father of faith. And even though that he made that mistake, that still affects us today over 4,000 years. That mistake he made still affects us today. But God still had the plan for Abraham to have Isaac and to have what? Who came from Isaac? Who came from Abraham? Our lineage. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You can see all the ones after them. And of course, Jesus. So we have to remind ourselves of Abraham and, and Sarah when they didn't have the Bible like we do. 
They didn't have the covenant. That we, they had a great covenant. They had the Abrahamic covenant. It was great. God blessed him and multiplied him exceedingly. But it's not the same covenant we have. We have a better covenant. And if he showed up so strong and so mightily for Abraham and Sarah and Isaac, why would he not do the same thing for us? And then we can go even farther. And remember what he asked of Abraham. Abraham was 99 years old when God came to him as Al Shaddai or Almighty God. And then later on, when Isaac was around, probably around a teenage age, God asked Abraham to sacrifice that son that he had given him. Think about what Abraham was going through his mind. God, I was, I was praying for you, to, to you, and you gave us a son. It was impossible for us. You gave him to us, and now you want me to sacrifice him? And he said, okay. I mean, I can't even fathom that. I have three sons. I can't even, I, I, I can't even think about that. But Abraham was willing and went up to the mountain. He did everything he was supposed to do. And then God showed up again. It's so beautiful. And this time, when God showed up on that mountain, when Abraham lifted that knife and was about to sacrifice his own child, but he knew, he even told his servants before when he, him and Isaac were going up that mountain, my son and I will be back. So he knew even if God had to raise him from the dead, he was coming back down that mountain with his son. He had that faith in God because he had that faith in God that he saw that something that was so impossible for Isaac to even be conceived, he was not going to allow Isaac to die because how can he ever be a father of many nations through Isaac if Isaac was going to die? So again, another impossible situation. And Abraham still obeyed. But when he raised that, that a knife and was going to kill Isaac, and he had Isaac on that altar, then all of a sudden, the angel stopped him and told him not to hurt a hair on his son's head. Don't touch your son. And then all of a sudden, he's seen, he seen a ram and heard a ram in the thicket that was caught. That was his sacrifice and not his son. But God showed him on that mountain, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. So another impossible situation, God is telling him to offer up his son. He's seeing it as I have to kill my son, but I know if I have to do this, God's going to raise him from the dead. It's another impossible situation. But he didn't even have to go that far. And God provided for him. These stories are not in the Bible, just as stories. These are in the Bible as an example to show us who God truly is. And when you're facing certain things in your own life, who you expect God to, what do you expect God to do for you? And how powerful, and how awesome, and how good God is. And he's faithful. 
if we are walking in our faith, if we're relying and trusting in God and we won't be moved and we stand fast, God will always show up. He won't disappoint. He doesn't fail. And no matter what you are facing, and the enemy tells you it's impossible for anything to change, give El Shaddai a chance to show you that nothing is impossible for him. Reading stories like this in the Bible should raise your faith up in your trust in him. This is in my life today. Even report from the doctor. Impossible, impossible. You call on El Shaddai. And El Shaddai is faithful. And he will show up in that impossible situation and show you that with him, all things are possible. And that's why we should be encouraged today. That El Shaddai lives in you. He longs to show himself to us in so many ways. But a lot of us don't even realize that we limit him. That we limit him with what we believe. We limit him in what we're saying. We're limiting him. But God's saying, don't put limitations on me. Don't put me in a box. Because remember, he's a God who showed up for Abraham and Sarah. He's the God who showed up for so many in the Bible. When they were in possible situations, God intervened on their behalf and showed them everything is possible with me. So as I am speaking to you, I know that the Lord wants to speak again. I know it. I can feel it in my spirit. I know it in my heart. So I am going to let him say what he needs to say. For I, the Lord, this day tell you, my children, that all the things that you are seeing before you, all of the death, all of the destruction, all of the wicked and evil that is lording over this world that it may appear like. Your enemies are controlling the news media. They're controlling what you hear. They're controlling the education system. They're controlling your governments. They're controlling your medicine. They're controlling even some of the churches. They're controlling the corporate world. They're controlling the seven mountains of influence. They're controlling these things. It may appear like. It may appear impossible for anything to change. It looks impossible for justice to ever be served. It looks impossible for any deliverance or any hope to get out of any of these situations. 
It looks impossible for truth to reign. It looks impossible for the wicked to come down from their places of power. It looks impossible for any miracles and any signs and any wonders to happen because the wicked and evil are out of control and they're ruling and they're reigning. It looks impossible for some of you and prayers that you have been praying for those to be answered. It looks impossible with a doctor's report that you have been given. It looks impossible regarding your children and the situation that they're in because of blinders that have been on their eyes and the deception that they have fallen for. It looks impossible for anything to change with your finances. It looks impossible for things to change with your jobs. It looks impossible to destroy all the fraud. It looks impossible for anything to change course and for good to win, for good to prevail in anything that you face today. It's impossible, people say, for people to be removed or governments to fall. It's impossible for all the ones who've been hoarding up all the finances throughout the world. Many people say it's impossible for it to be ripped out and be given to whom it belongs to. People say all of these things are impossible. People be raised from the dead, impossible. People be healed from an incurable, incurable or terminal disease, it's impossible. It is not impossible for me, you see. I am the great I am. Get into my word, my children, and bring up your faith. Lift it up. I'll reveal myself to you as El Shaddai. I'm revealing myself to you as the Almighty God. I'm revealing myself to you that I am still that one. It is impossible for man for all of these things to change. Yes, it is. By man's power, man's ability, and man reasoning things out. But I have told you time and time again that I am the way, I am the truth, I am life, and all things are possible with me. I have told you that in my word, I am not a God that I should lie. I have told you about great victories. I have told you about the enemy's defeat. I have told you that the narrative of the enemies, the narratives were all coming down. I told you great exposures were coming and whistleblowers 
we're exposing. I told you of laptops. I've told you of body camera footage. I told you of emails. I told you of phone calls. Surveillance cameras. I have told you time and time again that I have infiltrated the infiltrators because I am Alpha, the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I know what the enemies are planning. I know what they are doing. Nothing is impossible for me to stop them in their tracks. They're heading down every path I knew they were going to go down. They're making the plans that I knew that they were going to make and things that they were going to take away from you. Many, many have been caught red-handed. Many have already been sentenced. And more sentencing, injustice is being passed down. Justice is being served. Do you say impossible? Because your justice system looks like they're not upholding your laws and no justice is being served at all. Your judicial system is being cleansed and being washed and being shaken by me. Judges are about to flee that stand against me. Judges who will not uphold the law, I've seen them. I have seen what they've been doing with their wickedness and evil and their schemes and their plots and their plans against this nation. I've seen what they've done around the world. I've seen what they've done with governments and hiding, hiding them behind their injustice. Hiding them behind their lies and their schemes and their backroom deals. You are about to find the money trail. Money. Lots of money has been given, has been traded, blackmailing, sabotaging. Oh, yes, you will see, my children, all of your tax money, all the things they've been doing against you in this nation and how they were padding their pockets, who was paying them, and where so many in your government has gotten so much of the multi-millions of dollars to make plans, pass laws, to destroy the foundation of this nation. To destroy your judicial system, to destroy your election systems, to destroy the economy, to destroy your government in every single way. They will all pay. They will all pay. This is impossible for a man to do alone. 
Many looked to my David. Many looked to my son, President Trump. They looked to him to do all these things. They looked at him to fix all these things. But he also cannot do it alone. And he can't do it without me. But he has been anointed and appointed in this hour. Yes, he will be used by me mightily. But my children don't look to him alone to fix what you see. Don't rely on him alone to turn things around because that is me. You see why I had to set him aside? Do you see? I know many don't believe me or agree with my plan. But these things had to take place because my children, you cannot look to a man to save you. You have to look to me. The God whom nothing is impossible. How should I? I'm almighty God. I'm the great I am. I'm Elohim. I created this earth and I am going to cleanse this earth. There is a shaking upon this earth that I have told you over and over and over about. Judgments are coming. A darkness is coming. Things will be uncomfortable. It will appear like for some people. But for my remnant, my light and my glory is going to shine through you even greater now in the midst of that darkness. You will feel my presence more. You will receive more revelation. More miracles and signs and wonders. This is that hour. This is that time for my, ch my church and my children to rise up in me in greater glory. Rise up in me in greater glory. You will see. So in this time of impossibilities, know that I am that God who will show up for you. I am that God that will show you that nothing is impossible for me. So put your trust and rely on me this day. Great removals are about to take place. I am shaking. I am shaking governments around the world. I am shaking the government of this nation. I am going to shake it. And I am going to show you the deep-rooted wickedness and evil. I'm going to show you everything that they have done. I am going to show you all that they had accomplished. I am going to show you each and every one of them who are wolves in sheep's clothing. I told you I am going to take off the masks of all the actors that have been in places of power in your government. 
I'm going to show you how Hollywood has been connected with your government so closely. Many people say that is also impossible. No, it wasn't. My children, there are things that they have done. I told you it's going to put you into a shock and an awe. What they have done. But out of everything the enemy tries to accomplish and everything that they do against you, everything the enemy has planned and meant for evil, I'm turning into something good. And yes, that is also possible with me. And you will see great, great glory, saith the Lord. Praise the Lord. So when God was saying all those things, this was rising up in me all morning long. There were certain words, certain things that I knew that he was going to say. And I knew he was going to talk about the impossible because so many people are relying on that impossible. They're relating to it more than they're relating to God and what God is saying. Now, God just showed us in the Bible. He just showed us right here in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. I read 1 through um, 9, but now I'm going to read you something else. I'm going to show you another place in the Bible that God was revealing to me where he showed himself as a God whom nothing is impossible as El Shaddai. When we are facing kings and rulers, when we're facing people who are in power that are against us, um, I want you guys to go to and write this down. If you have, if you have, please write this down. And I know that so many of you, and I want to thank you for our moderators and I want to thank you. So for many of you, who watched, uh, put in the comment section, who put it in the live chat, uh, put it in everywhere that'll write down these scriptures. I want to, I want to thank you for that because it, it helps so many people. Um, so thank you for doing that. But, and everyone, they are giving you a tool. They're helping you. Uh, if you have missed some of the scriptures because you just, you know, started, uh, watching the live show, um, they have it in the comment section for you. So write these down and study these again. This is not my plan for you. It is every day when I get behind this camera and I, I pray that the father, that it is his words, that is what he needs you to hear for this very day and this very hour, because you are his children. I know there are things that I would love to share with you, but I know when he is the one who's in control, he is the one who's sharing these things. It destroys the power of the enemy and it does something on the inside of you. When you know you have to have a certain word for a certain day because you're struggling, because that's what happened with me. He gave me certain words at certain times and it changed my life. And that is my desire for you every day. So I want you to turn to Daniel chapter three. This is another way that God showed himself as a God whom nothing is impossible. So this is a story. Many of you guys know, I'm not going to read the whole entire thing. I'm going to only read a few sentences or a few scriptures, but this is a story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
They were facing King Nebuchadnezzar, who was extremely evil. Okay, at first, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were actually favored by uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. He actually liked them. But when King Nebuchadnezzar decided to make his entire you know, kingdom uh, fall and praise and worship this golden image, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew they could not do that. They could not uh, bow down to that golden image. They couldn't. They wouldn't. Well, how many times has our enemies wanted us to bow down to something by intimidating us, by threatening us, losing our lives, losing our jobs, losing our way of life, that if we didn't do something that they demanded, hmm, sound familiar. Again, there is nothing new under the sun. Your enemy wants you to believe that they are in control because they're kings, they're presidents, they're pharaohs, they're whatever. That they're in control of that kingdom or they're in control of that nation or they're in control of that region, okay? They've always done this in the Bible, always. So let's see what happened with King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down to the golden image. King Nebuchadnezzar got extremely angry. In verse 13, Daniel chapter 3 and verse 13. Again, this is showing you another impossible situation that God showed up in. All right. So then, then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these uh, men were brought before the king. Yeah, again, intimidating. Then Nebuchadnezzar said to them, it is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image, which I have set up. He was angry that they were not bowing. Does that also sound familiar? When people who think and truly believe that they are in control and when you don't bow to them, they get angry and they threaten. Verse 15. And now if you are ready at the time that you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, and the lair, and, the, and then the symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good, but if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the burn, midst of the burning fiery furnace, and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now he's talking about killing them. If you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. Now they're threatening their life. They're threatening death. Again, what's happened to us in the last, you know, three years. Now let's go on. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Where are the children of Almighty God who are saying right now we have to answer you in this matter? These people who think that they are in power, that they can control our lives, that they can take away our freedoms, that they can take away things that they don't have a right to take away. Where are people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that are going to stand up and say, we don't have to answer you in this matter because we know that you don't have the control to take our life. Now it says in verse 17, 
If this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your God, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. So they even knew that they were going to stand up in the midst of that and say, I don't care what you're going to, you're going to threaten me with. I'm still going to serve God and God alone. And if he saves me, I'm still going to serve him. If he doesn't save me, I'm still going to serve him. They had faith. They had boldness. And look what God did with that faith and that boldness. This is what the enemy does. They overplay their hand when they're arrogant and when they're spiteful and angry, they don't think properly. And neither was Nebuchadnezzar. Then Nebuchadnezzar was, this was verse 19, uh, Daniel 3, verse 19. The Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Now, we all know naturally that's stupid because if you throw somebody in a fire, they're going to die. He didn't have to make it seven times hotter. That was his arrogance talking. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. But look what he did. He made this decision and it cost his people their lives. Not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What has been God saying in these many prophetic words for the last two years about these are the days of Haman? What they mean for you and destruction against you will actually come on to them. Let's keep reading. Verse 20, he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in this army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fire furnace. So he got these powerful, powerful men. And he got them to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into this furnace that was seven times hotter. Again, that was, was not necessary to make that furnace seven times hotter. They says in verse 21, Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, and their turbans, and other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So they saw their clothes on, and now they're bound up, they can't, you know, they couldn't walk. They couldn't move their hands. They couldn't nothing. They had where they were bound in these shackles and chains going into the, the fiery furnace. There, verse 22, therefore, because a king commanded was so urgent, the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It didn't kill Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walking into the fire, but it killed the men who threw them in. The enemy overplaying their hand once again. Now, verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound to the midst of the burning fire. So they're literally, naturally, this would have immediately killed them, just like it would have immediately killed Nebuchadnezzar's men, which it did, throwing them into the fire. The fire was so hot, it killed those men. But El Shaddai showed up. The God who nothing is impossible showed up. They, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown literally into this fire that should have killed them. But it didn't. Then, verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, did we not cast three men bound to the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to them, true, O king. 
So now he's saying we threw three men into the fire. So he sees that the men who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were killed. His own men were killed, throwing them in. Now he sees in the furnace that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were still alive. But now he's saying, hey, didn't we throw three men in there? He's asking the question. Why is he asking the question how many people he threw in? He knew there were three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now look, look what happens in verse 24 or 5. Verse 25. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the fourth, the form of the fourth is the Son of God. So they would not bow to the golden image. They were bold and said, we don't have to answer you, king, in this matter. We are not going to bow down to your golden image. We are going to what? We're not going to bow. So they didn't burn. So when they stood up, like other people in the body of Christ are not standing up right now. What we have to do is be bold like a lion and stand up and shout and proclaim and decree that we serve El Shaddai. We serve the God who nothing is impossible. And if he can save three Hebrew men in the midst of the fiery furnace and Jesus, who was a son of man, showed up in that midst of that fiery furnace and he was he saved them from that fire. If he could save them and we have a better covenant, why would God not show up for us and our tests, our trials and our in? possible looking situations. Where is your faith? Is your faith in man? Is your faith in or in God? Is your faith in the governments and what they're doing? And is a faith in the trust of the fact that the evil is going to conquer and destroy every good thing that's upon this earth? Or are we going to have faith and trust in God that God who nothing is impossible is going to show up and he is going to cut the enemies off and he's going to destroy their power and he's going to remove them from power and he's going to have exactly what he is to had planned all along, whether we could see it at first or not. Are we like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Are we like Abraham? Are we like David and stand in the midst of a face in front of a giant when nobody else would stand and fight him? And David said, you know, I know that you are uncircumcised Philistine, which meant I know you don't have a covenant with Almighty God, but I do. When are we going to trust in our covenant with Almighty God? Are we going to trust in the covenant with Almighty God when we're facing impossible situations and say we are not going to bow, so we're not going to burn, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Or like David, when everybody else cowered and ran away, David ran toward, let's do that. Let's run toward, because we're in the army of the Lord, and we have El Shaddai, the Almighty God, who nothing is impossible. He lives on the inside of us. When are we going to trust that? Do you trust that today? Which report do you believe? The evil report or report of Almighty God? Now, I want to keep reading in Daniel chapter 3 because this is so powerful what God did. Verse 27, Daniel 3, verse 27. And their sad traps and their administrators, the governors and the kings and the counselors gathered together and they saw that these men on on their bodies the fire had no power i love that i i would read this over and over. the fire had no power over them and, and you also got to think about this for a minute remember they were bound and they were on the ground 
when King Nebuchadnezzar looked up and there were three of them first, when he saw them bound in the fire and they were on the ground, then when he looked back, there were four of them and they were walking around. <laughs> Even the chains couldn't hold them in the midst of a fire. Then the fire, it had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. The fire had no power to kill them, and the scent of the smoke couldn't even touch them. That is being protected by Almighty God. Think about the God that we serve. Think about the God that did that. When our enemies are screaming worse of times, don't bow to that. So we don't have to answer to that. That's not for us. I don't know how many times the, you know, people in this government have said, you know, this is the, the winter of darkness or winter of death or blah, 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 whatever, whatever they said. I don't even know. I don't even pay attention to them. I don't even care. Whatever they say, I say the opposite. If they say this is going to be like a dark winter, this is going to be whatever, I just say the exact opposite. They said that last year and the year before that and the year before that. I think they started that in 2020 stuff. But we don't have to bow down to that. We don't have to submit to that. We don't have to give in to that. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Benigo didn't have to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. We don't have to bow either. Jesus showed up for them in the midst of that fire. It was impossible. And when you see this, and when you realize, and you're reading these scriptures, let's read another one. Let's go to the New Testament. There, it, well, it's many times in here, but we're going to go to uh, Luke. Luke 1. Now he's talking to Mary here. And this was impossible. So when people say this stuff was just, you know, in the Old Testament, or this is just for them, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know how many times that people have to be reminded of that. God is the same God. So in Luke 1 and 37, for with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. That's a classic amplified edition of that scripture. I'm going to read that again. For with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. So when God says to us that he always caused us to triumph in 2 Corinthians 2, 14, then there's nothing impossible for that to take place. Nothing impossible is going to intervene and stop that from taking place. All right, let's look at the word and because he's been giving this word over and over again today. Not only in the teaching, and showing us El Shaddai or Almighty God, showing us he is a God of nothing is impossible. Let's just see what the definition of impossible is. So definition of not possible is not possible, unable to be exist or an, uh, unable to happen, unable to be done, performed or affected. Um, another one is something that is impossible, cannot be done or cannot happen. Um, 
There, okay. And some synonyms of impossible. Let's look at some of those. Inconceivable, out of the question, unimaginable, unthinkable, incapable of being conceived or considered, something that cannot be done. So when people are saying this and they're shouting this all the time, it can't be done. Cannot happen. It's inconceivable, out of the question, imaginable, unthinkable, incapable of being conceived or considered, something that cannot be done. It's impossible. Cannot happen. And God is saying, throw all of that out. Because for with God, nothing is impossible. I have seen so many testimonies of so many people who had a sentence of death on them stage four cancer or whatever it is with a terminal illness. I've told you this before, but somebody has to hear it. I know it. The doctor said, there's no way it's impossible for you to live. It's terminal. You're going to die. And there are some people who have taken that report, took it, believed it and died. But I promise you, if there is something like this and you know without a shadow of a doubt, you can doubt it in your head and not doubt in your heart. And you know, Father God, you said I can choose life. I'm choosing life today. I thank you, Father God, that I, I'm telling you, I was at one point in the year of 2014. I'm going to tell you this because the God who nothing is impossible showed up. So at one point, in my life, well, I told you guys I had a lot of darkness. This was one point of low, lowliness in my life where I was very, very bad, okay? Very depressed. I was sick all the time. I was in pain all the time, very fearful. And I was at that point where I shouted out to God, I don't want to be here anymore. And that was within days. Within days, I started to die. Literally, I could feel it. The doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. My lymph nodes were swelling everywhere. I had been in the hospital. They had given me IV bags of antibiotics. It started helping a little bit, they, they, but not totally. Then they started giving me other antibiotics by mouth. And all of a sudden, I kept getting worse. I could feel myself dying. I forgot I said those words. I was so sick. I forgot. I was laying in the hospital bed and I was going to be transported to a university hospital. It's about, you know, an hour from where I was in the university of Iowa hospitals because they could not figure out what was going on. I had such a major infection. They could not find out. They couldn't figure out where I was at the hospital, what that infection was, but they knew how bad it was because no antibiotic was working. It wasn't, I was getting worse. And I remember laying in that hospital bed, knowing I was dying. And I looked at my dad and I, before I went into the ambulance and I said, I think I opened a door somewhere. And the Lord showed me. The Lord showed me that door. He said, Julie, it was your words. You believed those words. You wanted it. You were giving your will for death. And I said, you're right. Now I remember. 
And I asked him, I was in the middle of this ambulance on my way, this hour drive in the middle of the night. It was around like two, three o'clock in the morning. I was on my way to this hospital. Again, it was impossible for these doctors to figure out what was wrong with me. They couldn't figure it out. But I remember sitting in this ambulance. They had, I had IV ports, but they had taken, you know, stuff out of me. And I remember saying, Lord, I ask for forgiveness and I choose life today. I asked for a crop failure of those words that I spoke over myself of death. And I asked for forgiveness and I choose life. And within moments of me in that ambulance on my way to the hospital, I could feel the lymph nodes that were all swollen, all under my arms, all over my chest, all over my body. I could start feeling them. It was kind of like a balloon that started to go down. Once I got to that hospital, I was seen by, I don't know how many doctors. It was, they came in two by two. And from every single section of that hospital, because they could not figure out what was going on with me, MRIs, CAT scans, all that kind of stuff. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong, but it didn't matter because God at that point took care of it. And within 24 hours of, or 24 to 40 hours, I was released from that hospital and I lived. So I want to tell you today, even though it may be impossible, and even though you may have gotten a severe doctor's report, I've gotten many of those nasty looking bad doctor reports and it wasn't good but there's times where we say lord i trust you more than that doctor i know that might be a fact in my life but that's not the truth your word is truth your son died for me he shed his blood for me he was tormented for me he died so i could live you have a right to choose life you have a right to say, even if it's an impossible situation, they've given you so much time, say, no, I am the one. I choose life and to live it more abundantly. I shall live and not die. And say it, even though if you have to say it through your tears, you have to say it through your mind is telling you it's impossible, you're stupid, nothing's changing. You just keep saying those words. I've seen death come to life. I've seen it. In my own life and in my children's life, I've seen it in other people's lives. You hold on to the truth. You hold on to God. You hold on to the fact that with him, all things are possible. We've gotten praise reports of people who had a tumor in their brain. A young child had a tumor in their brain. It was impossible. Stage four wasn't going to happen, and it was gone. That's God. He's showing us today that he is still that God. He's still that God who nothing is impossible. He's still that way maker. He's still that God that says, I'm going to take every impossible situation and I'm going to show you that I am possible. That he's in his glory, his love. That's who he is. And that's why it's so imperative today to take God for his word, take him at his word and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you more than I feel. I trust you more than it looks like. I trust you more than these court reports. I'm trusting you more than whatever's going on. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I thank you, Father God, with any doubt and any unbelief in anything that is in me. I thank you, Father God. I trust you. And just keep saying it. And one thing you have to do is when you're believing in the, the El Shaddai and Almighty God to show up on your life and your behalf and your circumstances and whatever it is, you read this Bible and you take these 
scriptures. There's so many I could have showed you. Daniel, Daniel and the lion's den, the Red Sea. Look at the book of Exodus. Look at all these things that were screaming impossible to God's children. And then God showed him, it's not impossible for me. He's introducing himself to you today as Al Shaddai, as Almighty God. And if you didn't know who he was, that's him in this word. He is in this word. That's his name. Take him at his word. Don't believe in the report of the enemy more than you believe in the report of Almighty God. And I want to pray over each and every one of you today that you believe in that report, that you believe that Al Shaddai can make a way when there wasn't a way and anything that you could have seen it for yourself. But God is making that way for you. So Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you have revealed yourself to so many people today. That you are the God who nothing is impossible. You are El Shaddai. You are the way maker. You are the way, the truth, and the life. I thank you, Father God, if so many people right now have that right to choose life. They have that right to choose victory. They have the right to choose, Father God that they are living more abundantly, even though the enemy is trying to scream at them. Impossible, impossible, impossible. I thank you, Father God, for your written word, that you've given us example after example of who you really are. And I thank you that it is getting down in their heart to a point where the enemy cannot take and steal away that word that has been sown in their hearts today of who you are. And how much you love your children, how much you love every single one of them, despite their past, despite what they have ever done, despite how they see themselves, that they see themselves through the eyes of Christ. They see themselves the way you see them, through the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank and praise you, Father God, that you are making a way right now with every impossible situation, every situation that is screaming at them, every situation that has brought hopelessness and despair, every situation that has brought fear and un unbelief and doubt and worry and discouragement and frustration, every situation, I thank you, Father God, is being destroyed in their life today because you are making that way. I thank you that the enemies are cut off. I thank you that the enemy has been brought to nothing. I thank you, Father God, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And I thank you that you are leading them into a triumphant victory because of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father God, for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Remember today, if you need something in your life that seems impossible and you don't know how to fix it, don't try doing it on your own. Go to God. Go to Al Shaddai. Call upon him. He will not forsake you. He will not leave you in the situations that you are in, especially if you are trusting in him today. If you are trusting in him despite your five physical senses and what they're screaming at you, you trust in him today and he will show you the way. I hope this encouraged each and every one of you. And again, all of us here at JGMI, we are praying for you and we are believing. And we will pray this prayer today that we are believing today that God 
is showing you the way that he is the God, almighty God, and he lives on the inside of you. And he has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you and he loves you.